Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Juggernaut. 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 They're not doing it. All right, let's do this. Right there. Got him. Nice. I'm sitting in my living room, playing Call of Duty with some strangers. Hell yeah. It's one of those cloudy, wet February days in Brooklyn where it feels like dusk at two in the afternoon. Where should we go? It's a Thursday. I got a weird question for you. (laughs) I might have a weird answer. I, uh, so my name's Sam Egan. I work for Vice News. Um, okay. If you want to verify my identity, you can look me up. I'm talking to a guy named Alan. He's a delivery driver based in Ohio. And this is the first time we've ever spoken. I start telling him that I'm recording both of us for a documentary about work. Does Vice know? Like, so you're making this documentary on behalf of Vice? The only person who knows is my is one of my bosses. I was sitting here playing video games with a stranger on a work day and recording it because I wanted to slack off a little bit, but with a purpose. So for years, I've been hearing about a building resentment that white-collar workers have been feeling about their jobs. Buzzwords that get thrown around like quiet quitting. I don't understand the younger generation. They, they don't seem to want to work. Or the great resignation. It's being called the great resignation. In April, a record 4 million workers quit, and in May, another 3.6 million. There's this simmering dissatisfaction with the old ways of working. The 40-hour work week and the two-day weekend, it's all an outdated construct. There was this huge study of dozens of big companies in the UK who let their employees work four days a week while expecting them to do the same amount of work. They just released the results of that study a few weeks ago. So far, the results have been pretty staggering. 62% of workers who participated say it provided them with a better social life, and 71% felt it lowered burnout. Well, that makes sense. And it does make sense. Even I've dipped out during the middle of the workday to run to the post office or hit Target. I've logged off Slack at 1 p.m. on a Friday, gone hiking or run to the beach. I've even set my messages to do not disturb so I could take a midday nap. I've done all these things and still managed to get all my work done. Sometimes I'll even get ahead of what I have to do next week. And I know I'm not the only one. And I get that some people are overworked and understaffed. But for a lot of us doing white-collar work, it seems totally reasonable to me that we can get our jobs done in four days. So I wanted to take it a bit further and try something more novel, more extreme. I wanted to get to the bottom of a question I've been thinking a lot about. How much do we actually need to work? And if we only work the hours we absolutely needed to, what will we do with our free time? For one week, I decided to investigate. I'm Sam Egan. 
producer with Vice Audio, and this is Vice News Reports. Hi. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Do you yeah. mind if I record this? It's for it. It it it'll, all makes sense. Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so I'm gonna send. You this my is my boss, Stephanie, what? one of the executive producers of Vice News Reports. On a normal day, I'm already intimidated by her. But on this day, I was particularly nervous. I was going to ask her something that I think most bosses probably never want to hear. Okay, Sammy. <laughs> She's reading the title of my pitch here. Okay, so what I'm going to what I really need you to do is to let me work as little as I possibly can for one week. Okay. I want to start by being very clear about something. My bosses are really cool. When I ask for time off, I get it. When I tell my colleagues I'm struggling, I feel supported. And I definitely work hard. I'm good at working with a team. I help people out when I can. I'm proactive. I buy people coffee or snacks. You know how it is. And there are weeks where I work 50, even 60 hours. I've stayed up working on a deadline until 2 a.m., more times than I can count. I spent most of the last year working on a series called American Terror, that completely burned me out. For a long time, towards the end of 2022, I felt like I could barely put a sentence together. All my hobbies fell to the wayside, and at night I found myself sitting on my couch after work, melting my brain watching TikTok. I couldn't even focus on a TV show. But for every week I overwork, there are others where I just don't. And that's where the idea for this story came from. Like, I think everyone yeah. knows that a four-day work week would work. So yeah. I'm like, let's, yeah. like, let's push this past that. Let's go to, like, the logical extremity I, of this and, like, like how much do we actually need to work? Like, really? That's so funny. It's an interesting idea, yes. I am actually, like, into it. Cool. I'm, well, I think this is going to be good. Is that a, wait, is that a green light? Yeah, that's a green light. Ah! <laughs> No way. <laughs> Don't make me regret it. I, I will not. I'm, I will not. I will not. I promise. I've been surrounded by hard workers my entire life. My dad and my brother both work blue-collar jobs. And my mom spent my childhood working as a doctor in a children's hospital. I was a Division I wrestler throughout college. Every minute of my life was regimented. I'd have to be up before sunrise to go lift weights then go to class all day, then practice for three hours in the afternoon, then study at night. We ran sprints up mountains with logs on our backs and carried each other up and down a 30,000-person stadium at 6.30 in the morning. Now, as a working adult, I actually have more free time than I ever did as an athlete. But oddly enough, I find myself in those free hours worrying about work, feeling guilty that maybe I'm not working hard enough. Or worse, that I'm mediocre. I really love your Substack, by the way. Thank you. I wanted someone to help guide me through my messy work-related thoughts. So I called in some expert backup. I'm Anne Helen Peterson, and I write the newsletter Culture Study. Anne is an author and expert on productivity and modern work culture. She writes a successful newsletter on those subjects. But before that, she was a staff journalist like me. She worked at BuzzFeed. I started at BuzzFeed, you needed to be in the office. And not only did you need to be in the office, you needed to be in the office from, you know, 
media working hours, which is 10 to 6. And I, I have this vivid memory of like one of the first Fridays that I was there and like no one was doing any work, right? They even have like, they had a drink cart. But I was like, why do we have to be here then? Why can't we just leave? She left the company in 2020 to build her own brand, questioning these open secrets and work culture. So I kind of, I kind of imagined that you could be like the Virgil to my Dante and <laughs> in this situation and guide me through this. Yeah, yeah. So I asked Anne to help me with the experiment I pitched to my boss. For one week, I was going to put in as few hours as possible while working on a separate, unrelated episode of Vice News Reports. To avoid any special treatment, nobody outside of my editors knew about this. And I would be tracking my hours the entire time to see how much time and effort I actually had to put into my job to keep my head above water. I had three big questions going into this. One, how many hours in a week do I really need to work? Two, will my colleagues notice that I wasn't working 40 hours? And three, how does this week make me feel? Am I going to be happier, more stressed, exhausted, maybe even bored? What's going on, y'all? It is Monday, January 30th. It is day one of my work as little as possible experiment. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still sleepy. I had ambitions of doing something awesome on the first day of my experiment. But to be really honest with you, I partied all weekend. I was tired, hungover, and I didn't use any of my Saturday or Sunday to do mundane domestic stuff like chores. But right after I recorded that, Mac Lamoureux, another Vice reporter, slacks me and asks me to get in a call with him. For a brief moment, I think about skipping out on the call, telling Mac he's got to handle it. But ultimately, I do my job. Yo, gonna merge now, ready? Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. The call lasts about an hour, then I'm free again. And I do a bunch of things that morning. I take a shower and listen to some music. Tammy Wynette comes on. Golden Ring. And I'll never turn down an opportunity to sing along to Golden Ring. Then I brush my teeth. I do the dishes. It's like 11.32 right now, and I'm silently doing my dishes. But I have to be honest, the first thing I keep thinking about, or the primary thing I'm thinking about while I do this, is like what's happening in my flat right now. I'm hoping no one's messaging me, and I don't miss it for 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, what the fuck is Sam doing? I even play with my cat for a little while. What'd you say, Migo? What are you? Meow? Meow. Usually I ignore you all day. But not today. You can, have all the, you can have all the scratches you want, buddy. You want love. You want love. I ended up power cleaning my house for like three hours that day. And it felt amazing. But I also felt kind of guilty. I could have done anything I wanted. But I decided on doing the dishes. Taking out the trash cleaning my cat's litter box. It made me feel, I don't know, small-minded, boring. So I asked Anne about where she thought this feeling was coming from. I think sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that like I used my free time to clean my house instead of like, I don't know, going to do a cool hobby or like going to the art museum. Like, there's, I think, a denigration of that work. That work needs to be done, right? Mm -hmm. 
The problem is when you feel that you have such a deficit of free time that dedicating it towards that necessary work feels like a loss, right? So yeah, you you were just feeling, you were feeling so desperate about like, oh my gosh, I only have one week that I will ever be able to do these things. I have to like, I have to make it like all of it matter. And this, I think you see this too with people who feel like they have to turn their precious vacation time into something that is like the perfect vacation. After cleaning my house, I went to the office and recorded some stuff, then got the hell out of there as quickly as possible. My first day of this experiment, I worked about five hours total. I went to bed that night feeling a bit more rested and a bit more guilty. Even though I was presented with this golden opportunity to do whatever I wanted in the whole world, the best that my cloudy, burned-out brain could muster was a few clean dishes and a mopped floor. What's going on, y'all? It is 11.02 a.m. I am waiting for my train. Day two. I was feeling a bit more positive. Nobody was bugging me on Slack. I was on top of the other story I was producing. I didn't really have a lot to do. Shout out Master Sky at Jiu-Jitsu. My buddy and coach Alex told me that I could come in and record the class, so I'm gonna come in and take the noon class, which is full of like professional jiu-jitsu competitors and like, I don't know, people who don't have nine to fives, I guess. I was excited. Going in the middle of the day was a change of pace with new training partners I don't usually see during the week. But then I get a Slack notification. I am walking into jujitsu now. Um, trying to handle this situation. Apparently, I have an episode coming out this week, and apparently, one of the voiceover files disappeared from pickups yesterday. The Slack is from one of the sound designers on our team. He needs an audio file that he can't find. If I were in front of my computer, I'd just send it right over to him. But I'm not. I'm in the middle of the city, walking into a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. So I'm like kind of panicking. I'm slacking a bunch of people, trying to get this figured out. I'm trying to resolve this without being at my desk. <laughs> and I'm kind of really stressed. <laughs> but such is life. I don't know. So I'm like slacking my bosses, trying to figure out what happened. Yo. What's up? What's up? I showed up to the gym early so I could get settled, get all my audio equipment set up, but now I'm trying to handle this miniature crisis, just hoping nobody tries to video call me while I'm surrounded by people in this crowded gym. I guess the thing about trying to fit more of your life into the workday is that you give work more opportunities to intrude upon your life. Eventually, our sound designers figure it out. I put the file in the wrong place. They scold me a little bit over Slack. It's fine. And then class gets going. And it's awesome. I get to work with my buddy Raj. He's a personal trainer. And he's also one of the only people in the gym who's my size. I'm a big boy. So when you... Because I know you threaten it here, not here. Yeah. Are you grabbing his arm or are you grabbing sleeve? Um, I just do... I put the bicep just here. Oh, you mean, Honestly, this was the only time in the whole week that my brain just turned off. I didn't think about work or slack or my upcoming projects once. Every time the clock beeped to start a new round, it's like my body went on autopilot. 
There's something so zen about just letting your mind go. I don't have time to worry about deadlines or the stories I'm pitching when Raj is trying to rip my head off. Big Raj kicked my ass. Gas. It is 1.44 p.m. I am now making my way back from jujitsu. Got myself a Coke Slurpee. Uh, now I'm heading back to work. I have a meeting in 15 minutes and I'm going to be late too, but I don't know. Doing my best. Hopefully I make it in time. I ended up being about five minutes late to a meeting because of this class, but honestly, it was worth it. I felt so refreshed, and I absolutely cooked through my work for the rest of the day. It was nice to like break up my day in that way. It felt like it was easier to get my stuff done. Oh, you mean it's like a lunch break? I can't lie. And made me feel a little bit silly here. Which you should actually take, right? Like, this is what we're like, oh my gosh, I could never be away from my computer from 12 to 1. It wasn't that long ago that everyone, and you know, in France, you have to take a lunch break. Like, you know, it's not, it's not weird. <laughs> yeah, I do not do that. <laughs> and I should. I, clearly, I should. She had me thinking about how rarely I actually take a lunch break. Honestly, something like once a month. Usually, it's when I want to catch up with a coworker in the office. Otherwise, I work in a state of manic focus. And once I hit a wall, I keep pushing. In my messed up head, it doesn't matter if I'm being effective, as long as I'm straining. Day two, four hours of work. Between travel time, getting ready, being in the gym and showering, jujitsu took three and a half hours. And I was still pretty sure nobody had noticed that I was gone. I went to bed that night feeling refreshed, happy with what I was doing. I'd gotten my work done, and I was still able to live some semblance of a holistic life. Day three. I really have to stretch. Yes, bro. I knew at some point in the week I wanted to switch things up a little bit. Up until now, I'd basically stayed within my normal wheelhouse. But the goal of this experiment was to push boundaries, which meant getting out of my comfort zone. So on Wednesday, I hit up my friend Emily. She's a dance teacher and professional dancer. She agreed to give me a private lesson in jazz dance, which, to be honest, I was kind of dreading. This makes me anxious. Why does this make me anxious? I don't know the idea of... Uh... <laughs> but the thing is, you're, like, you're an active person, though. Once the dancing got started, I was pretty uncomfortable. So this is called first position, where like I would start here, and then I would open up from my thighs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just butter thigh it out. Yes, with your thighs, good. But I ended up learning how to do those spinny things you see all those modern dancers do. Okay, let's try and do two in a row. Ready, six, seven, go. One, one two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, cross one. One, two, fuck. Uh -huh. God, how do you do that so fast? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Except I learned they're called turns, not spins. And if you ever see a dancer and you're like, oh my God, those spins, Great spins. That dancer will hate you forever. Even though I was having a nice time, it was hard to fully shut my work brain off. Love your spins. Turns. I love to check my slack. Ooh. I kept feeling like I needed to check in on my messages. Yeah, I thought this was your week off. It is. The whole thing is I'm supposed to still get my work done. Oh, mm. 
But even though work was in the back of my mind, it still felt kind of rewarding to be doing something different. It felt invigorating. Well, I think that doing new stuff, doing challenging stuff, doing awkward stuff, like that part of the the grist of life is being challenged. Mm -hmm. But when we are so exhausted, it's really hard to like get any sort of energy to do those things, right? To do new things, to like show up to the first of whatever. And so oftentimes when I ask people like, what would you do if you had a whole extra day? Right? What would you use that spare time for? And the first answer that people have is like, I would sleep. I would watch Netflix all day. I would rest, right? And I think that that is very indicative of where we are as a society that like, if you don't have the wherewithal to even think about doing something new, right? Something that could invigorate you and that makes life joyful, then you like, all we are is is work robots. <laughs> After dancing, which took about three hours with commute time, setting up, chatting with Emily, I finished up work from a coffee shop. I put in about four hours of work that day and managed to meet all my deadlines. At this point, three days into the experiment, I'd logged about 13 hours of work and had finished up my main task for the week. And none of my coworkers really seemed to have noticed that I'd been AWOL more than half the time. But I still had two more days to try and sneak under the radar. And I was planning a visit to somewhere I'd wanted to go for a long time. That's after the break. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, Migo. How you doing, buddy? It is 9 a.m., 9.01 a.m., It is February 2nd, I think. Yep, February 2nd. After the first few days, I was pretty tired. Working half days sounds relaxing, but less so when you're recording your every move the entire time. So on Thursday, day four, I decided that I wanted to lay low. And laying low for me usually means video games. 
So I hopped on Call of Duty. I wanted to hear from people who were playing the game at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. Ah, uh, fuck. He's got a, he's got three shield. Alan is a delivery driver for one of the largest private delivery companies in North America. Think FedEx, Witness DHL, area, UPS, etc. Do you like it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a job. You know what I mean? Good paying job. Yeah. I'd rather do this all day, but... Would you rather do this all day? Would that be, like, fun to you? Well, yeah, no, not all day, because, you know, I'd, I'd like to do other things, but, I mean, it, it's have the ability to do this. To do What would you do with your free time if you didn't have to work? If I didn't have to work, spend it with my kids. Yeah? How many kids you got? Two. Nice. How old are they? Uh, five and nine. We talked about our work lives and the hunting and fishing trips he takes with his kids. He's a real badass at Call of Duty, too. So how many hours a week do you work? Um, between 40 and 50, maybe. But I'm not a lazy person, so it's not, it's not bad. But uh, to, to make a buck, you have to work hard. I definitely winced a little when Alan said the words lazy person, because I think by his standards, I'm definitely a lazy person. There's nobody breathing down my neck at work, making sure I meet some sort of daily quota. Nobody's closely monitoring my slack or how many packages I dropped off that day. There are people that have to work much longer hours than I do. I'm not on a 996 schedule like a tech worker in China who's expected to work 12 hours a day, six days a week or picking strawberries in the sun for a dollar per carton. I know that I have it pretty good. But I also wonder if that's the standard I should be holding myself to. Like, just because someone else out there has it worse than you, doesn't mean that you can't be hurting as well. Cool, buddy. Good yeah. to meet you, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk again. Sounds good, for sure. In depth. More in depth. Have a good one. After the fourth day of the experiment, I felt some strange mixture of sad and drained, even guilty. It was hard for me to put exactly how I felt into words. So I asked Anne about how I was feeling. Day four, um, basically I just like, this was to me that was the worst day. I kind of just sat on my ass and like I played video games. Um, and I thought it would be fun. I thought I would have a good time, but one, I wasn't playing with my friends. Mm -hmm. And two, I just felt like I was, again, it was just this theme of like wasting time. Well, and also it felt like, you know, sounds like the thing that makes video game, playing video games fun for you is like friendship and community. Video games are just an apparatus that allows you to do that, the homosocial bonding. Uh, and I think that when you do something that doesn't feel like you are choosing it, it often doesn't feel restful. So when people talk about like, I was so tired, all I did was scroll Instagram for like an hour and I hated it, right? Like you don't do the thing that you actually want to do. And again, I think that's a symptom of burnout and overwork. Anne's point about the social aspect of video games really hit home for me. It's not just that video games are better with friends, Time off, in general, 
is better with friends. And I think that's a big part of why this week was so hit or miss for me. Even in my temporary newfound freedom, I spent most of this time alone. I didn't have anyone to share it with, and that was lonely and isolating. I think that I'd hoped that this would feel like a weekend every day. But really, every day just felt like a work day with less responsibility. That Thursday, I played video games for about three hours and worked five. At this point, it still seemed like I was able to work where and when I needed, without my colleagues really taking notice of my absence. This is a Bronx bound five train. The next stop is 138th Street, Grand Concourse. I don't know exactly where or how or why, but somewhere along the way, I got obsessed with the idea of going to the Bronx Zoo for this story. But the Bronx Zoo is really, really far away from most of New York. I never have the hour and a half on the train it takes to get there. But with all the time I wasn't working, I thought I should check off another classic New York experience. Oh, there it is. I see it, I see the sign, like three streets up, the Bronx Zoo. But what I didn't anticipate was that that Friday ended up being one of the coldest days of the year in New York. It was like 18 degrees. And when I woke up, I didn't even think about the weather for a second. I threw on some torn up jeans, some Birkenstock clogs, a hoodie, a light jacket, and I was out the door. I don't have to like go find the reptiles or something because it is freezing today, good Lord. As I enter, I ask an employee if there's Wi-Fi anywhere in the zoo. There's a call for work that I just can't miss. Um, probably not. Probably not. I'll figure it out, thank you. I appreciate it. Jesus, this place is massive. The animals are all sad and cold. Half of them aren't even out. This was a terrible idea. I walked around for a while, checking out what animals were even visible in the zoo. Seals, camels, bears. Then I wandered into the Madagascar exhibit to get warm. There is a sign here that is sort of strangely poignant for the the premise of this piece I'm working on is I, is I barely work today as I sit at the zoo. It says, lemurs are like us. See that lemur over there? He can speak just like you or me. Why doesn't he? So we can keep playing in the forest and not have to work. Call me a lemur, I guess, I don't know. And before long, I had to find a spot to take that remote call. Most of the buildings are closed because it's winter and the Madagascar exhibit is just too loud. So I post up outside. Hi from my standing desk. <laughs> oh, cool. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. I'm freezing cold, just hoping, praying, nobody calls on me at any point. Then, boom. Of course. Uh, that's me. Um, Sammy, again, what are you doing? Hey y'all, sorry, I'm outside. I'm at a cafe and it's like insanely loud inside. Um, I uh, obviously just put out Fuentes, um, really just working on pitches and then Mac and I have- I kind of felt bad for lying through my teeth, but at this point it's like 15 degrees. I'm tired, it's Friday, my feet hurt. I'm just doing what I gotta do. All right, thanks everyone. See you soon. Bye, yeah. Bye everybody. Oh God, it's so cold. <laughs> I ended up wandering around the zoo for another hour or so and then getting the hell out of there. My trip to the Bronx Zoo was disappointing. Well, you were working. 
you were you were trying to turn your leisure time into content, which is, you know, the work of a digital media producer is like turn themselves into content. And it's really hard to stop doing that. Anne's right. This week was a lot of work. Like, sure, on paper, I worked about 20 hours. But in the end, when I calculated all the other work, the soft hours I spent creating content, I'm not exactly sure how many hours it really was, but it definitely felt like more than 40. I mean, the, the reason why experiments like, you know, 30-hour work weeks, 4-hour work weeks, why they work is because when people are working, they're working. And when they're not working, they're not working. And that means that they are more productive in the times that they are working, right? They're less distracted. They're like, I am getting this work done, doing things that actually restore them in some way. And they have, because they have more time, there isn't this overdetermination of what the time must be used for in order for it to be restorative or leisure filled or whatever. And it's a much better balance. And I think if you can get your work done in that period of time, your five-day-a-week, your salaried understanding of what your work is, if you can get it done, then that's what matters, right? That's what should matter to your employer. And you will actually, if you are taking this leisure time, and this is the other crux of, of these ideas, is that when you have more time to not work, your work gets better. It gets more creative, more innovative, more precise, right? Like all of the things that we understand as the signs of good work, they are contingent on not working all the time. So sometimes you have to work less in order to work better. There is a sort of chicken or egg thing going on here. I want to be good at my job. I take my craft seriously. So when I'm not doing my job, when I'm trying to, quote, relax, it's still on my mind. But to be creative, to be reflective, to be original and to be on top of my shit, I have to unplug every once in a while. Hey. Hey, sorry, I'm late. No, that's okay. A few weeks after my week off, I got on a call with my boss, Steph. This was just after she had heard this story you're listening to for the first time. Okay, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. When I heard the piece yesterday, it's so clear how you have, like, a very complicated relationship to work. Yeah, I kind of think that... um, my biggest takeaway from this is like, I just, <laughs> like, as a human being, so deeply plagued by feelings of, feelings of guilt. Like if I, if I work 60 hours in a week, I'm like, oh, like I feel like I didn't do enough. And then like when I, when, yes. I, when I don't do that, I feel like a bum or like a slacker or like whatever. Uh, and it just is like this bottomless pit, this like bottomless productivity shaped pit in my heart that just like increasingly feels unfilled. It feels unsustainable in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the part when you were like, oh, I like don't really think about taking lunch breaks. Like I could relate to that. (laughs) I think everyone should take a lunch break and like they're good for you. Mm -hmm. But it's like this conditioning, especially working from home. And I think especially, I mean, for you, like as a young producer, someone who's like really trying to, you know, I, I remember what that's like, like really trying to make sure you're doing a good job and 
making the stuff you want to make, but also like, you know, being a good team player. And I, I guess after listening to the piece, um, I just hope that you feel, or maybe it's like a catalyst for you to know that, yes, you can work less. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you are a very hard worker. You work a lot. Thank and you. Did you have a sense of what week I was off? 100%. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think what tipped me off is like, you joined the meeting and you said you were working from a cafe. And I was like, Sam never works from a cafe. I can't lie, I was a little bit frustrated that I blew a full week undercover with one white lie that I had to tell in a production meeting on a Friday afternoon. But I guess that means, for most of the week, she had no idea. Or at least, wasn't sure. I worked around 20 hours this week, half a normal schedule. And I felt just as tired as ever when I finished. There are plenty of factors here beyond my control. No one's paying for my life, so I have to work for a living. Our society and my job advice follow an already established five-day, 40-hour work week. And journalism is a deadline-driven job. But something else is clearly going on here. A recurring theme throughout this week was guilt. If I wasn't filling my time in a way that my brain deemed productive, whether it was jujitsu or dancing or the zoo, my brain defaulted to guilt. Guilt I wasn't using the time I had allotted for myself wisely. And I've definitely felt this guilt on those normal weeks where work is a little lighter. Like, I'm wasting precious time, like I'm not living up to my potential. That guilt for me has been inescapable for so long. And sure, it's fueled me. When I'm always dissatisfied, I keep going, whether it's working on a news story or working on a wrestling set. But life is long, and I'm tired. And I'm going to be working for a long time. I don't think I can live like this any longer. I just don't want to. On those lighter weeks, the weeks where I can slip away at 3 p.m. on a Friday, I want to stop and smell the roses and allow myself enough grace to not feel guilty about noticing how sweet they smell. This story was produced and reported by me, Sam Egan, and edited by Jesse Alejandro Cottrell. Vice News Reports is produced by Sam Egan, Sophie Kazis, Adriana Rodriguez, Adriana Tapia, and Sheena Ozaki. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our supervising producer is Ashley Kluke. Our associate producer is Steph Brown. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and Stephanie Kariyuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor, and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pazulka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. Our VP of Audio is Charles Raggio. I'm Sam Egan, filling in for Ariel Duomras. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but for real, please rate and review our podcast. It really helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.